And with me is my lovely co-host, Kirsty Logan. I'm lovely today. Yeah, just yes. today. Because I'm quite ill. <laughs> oh, thanks. No. You're feeling charitable towards me because you're, you're not well. always lovely. I feel like this mic is like really touching my boob quite a lot. Mine's miles away from my boob. Mm, maybe my boobs are hungrier. <laughs> <laughs> they can say bigger. It's like, oh, <laughs> yes. I was thinking that today. I was like, I've got the boobs, you've got the legs. Put us together, what are we? Pals. Boob legs, people. <laughs> pals. Just pals. We're just two women who are pals. What do you mean I've got legs? you got nice legs. Oh, thanks, mate. I mean, I've got legs as well. <laughs> I'm just saying like... yours are particularly nice legs. Oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah. I, feel, I didn't know you felt that way about my legs. But I, it's nice. Thanks. <laughs> I know you're very proud of your legs. Am I? Yeah. Well, no. I think you are. Cool. Is it because I only wear skin tight? Because you talk about them a lot. Do I? Not a lot. You, you you tend to be quite hard on how you look, but mm. you're not hard on your legs. Oh, I see. By, I see. Mm-hmm. From me not complaining about them. Exactly. <laughs> she likes those legs. You don't complain about, you don't complain about like your wrists or your neck particularly either. I've got the wrists of a fucking baby bird. They're the world's like skinniest little wrists. Never been They're aware so of your wrists strange. before. I know, but it's like, do this with your wrist. No, I've got big wrists. Though. I can't like... There's like a good inch of I know, space. But there. I've got particularly large wrists. This is probably good for an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, you're here as well. <laughs> it's not just we talk to each other. Anyway, what are we doing today? So far, now that we've got boobs and legs out of the way, <laughs> and how all of it's irrelevant because we're just pals, <laughs> two women succeeding out with their bodies. <laughs> what are we doing? I'm mainly in with. My body. Uh, We're doing The Diary Mm -hmm. by Sinclair Smith. That's why we like audio medium so much, because then women aren't judged by their looks so much. Yes. Merely by their voices. (laughs) Oh, no. Uh, So, yeah, Sinclair Smith. She's had a bit of a patchy background. She has had one hit and many misses. (laughs) And I'm afraid... No, I think everything else was a miss. What have we done? The Waitress. Oh, yeah. That was a miss. Uh, What else... Has she got? I mean, she did give us Trixie and the Eggy Mess. She can't be overlooked. <laughs> I feel like everything else has been a miss, to be honest. Yeah, Dream Date was good. Dream Date was good. Everything else was terrible. Okay. Well, she maybe she'll. Um, no, this is also bad. <laughs> Sorry. But you loved this as a kid. I yeah, but I was an idiot, <laughs> clearly, because I also loved The Waitress as a kid, and that was demonstrably oh, awful. <laughs> yeah. So. Also, if anyone can hear anything, it's Rosie licking. <laughs> I, apparently, licking, so we, <laughs> we were away and uh, our friend came and stayed, kind of did flat sitting and looked after the dog. And I didn't realise that Rosie did this at night. Apparently she smacks her chops all night. <laughs> I've <laughs> never noticed it before. I didn't realise when she wasn't mine. Oh, well, maybe something was wrong with her then. Although I was a bit offended that she immediately decided I was not the alpha in my house and oh. would only go to bed near David. <laughs> it makes you feel better. I don't think I'm the alpha in my house either. I think the hierarchy in Rosie's head it goes Annie, Rosie, and then me. <laughs> well, because <laughs> she's Rosie quite protective over me, and I think she thinks I'm a puppy. I think she thinks I'm helpless, she's pathetic, a pathetic 
require protection because otherwise I'll die. <laughs> if left to my own devices. If she was in the other room and I was doing some work when she was at mine, she would sort of come in and just like check Are out. Are you still dead? There. Okay, no. Okay. Okay, no, she's not wet herself. She's not spilled anything. She seems to be able to she's get not choking food. on a biscuit. <laughs> She hasn't wandered into a garrote. Pooed on the kitchen floor. <laughs> Sweet, I'll go back to bed. <laughs> That's parenthood, right? Yeah. Still alive, yeah. Fine. I don't have kids, I should probably clarify that. Nothing I feel like I should also clarify, because there's been a lot of misinformation about uh Lady Reverend Rosemary Bennett Logan. She's not a cat. No. And she's also people I've have seen pictures of me with various other dogs and said, Oh, this must be Rosie. No, no. Rosie, in case you need a visual, she is a black dog. And she is a lurcher, which in her case is like, imagine a greyhound and then a little bit shorter and a little bit fatter. Someone asked me whether she had a bit of Alsatian in her, because she is quite bulky. I wondered that, or I think she might be a mix between a greyhound and a collie, because oh, she's got like collie colouring. She's too big to be a collie. Do you think? I think. I think something like an Alsatian. Collies are quite chunky though. She's got, she's, <laughs> Rosie doesn't like other dogs, so when you've got her on the lead and she... He is another dog bark. You feel the full weight and strength of that dog. She is strong and she's very fast. Yeah. She's stronger. I think she would be something like a German Maybe. Shepherd. Maybe. She's probably just a mishmash of all kinds of stuff. We don't know if she's a rescue, so anyway, no idea. You w- Welcome to the Rosie Bennett Logan podcast. <laughs> the dog cast. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Tell how me. How pleased you were with yourself there. The dog cast. Blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I did a funny. <laughs> I did a joke. I did, what's a stinky one? Tell me about the cover of the diary. Mm, so. I think it's quite nice. Deep green. I love that colour. Yeah, as well. Deep green and like a deep sort of sensual. Sorry, they described that as blood red, wouldn't they? Yeah, they would. So. In the book they do. This is a diary and it's like a velveteen style. That's like that dry cleaning place around the corner <laughs> that I think is funny. Velvety. <laughs> it's a velvety cover with sort of. What, how would you describe this? Like filigree? Oh, you know all the words for bits of velvety things. I do. So that's my uh, PhD thesis. What did you call velvety the, things? What's the type of wallpaper? Oh, forgotten now. Flock. Oh yeah, you mm-hmm. had all the words. Yeah. Um, so it's a velvety, whatever you just said, diary. Velvety. With, with uh, an LB or an LR on the front. Well, it's an LR or an LL. She seems to think. Oh yeah, LL. I think it could be B as well. Well, yeah. that is that is a plot point. So. Yeah, we'll get there. Uh, so and it's got a gold lock on it, mm-hmm. and it's been thrown to the bottom of, well, thrown, it could have fallen, <laughs> to the bottom of some sort of river. It could be swimming up. Lake You pond. don't know what that diary can do. That's true. Although this does seem to suggest down. It also seems to suggest it's breathing. And literally, <laughs> mm, that's true. <laughs> literally the, the eye of the word diary is an arrow pointing, pointing down. Down. <laughs> down. Um, and it's got a very pointy gold like letters on. Like you would find the someone's house name written in those letters, wouldn't you? You would. The Mongols. Oh, the Mongols. That's Where did that, that come a from? Horde of peoples. Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's some invaders in that house. Where did that come <laughs> I don't from? Don't know. The Vikings. Yeah, I don't really yeah. know. I don't name my house. <laughs> That'll be why. So yeah, I like it. Don't call your house the Mongols. It's <laughs> a good idea. I don't think it's a good idea don't know at where all. Where come from? <laughs> David's... I was going to say Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I think you've got a fever. I think I'm just like a little bit. <laughs> is David Jabba, Jabba the Hutt? The, the leader, leader of the Mongol horde. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I'm hot now. Wow. Oh, what was his actual name? Genghis Khan. Thank you. <laughs> Not Jabba the Hutt. <laughs> Sorry. Wow. Oh, God, this is going to be a good one. That was a moment. So. <laughs> I'm gonna. If I ever need to make a speech about you, it's gonna be about the time you mixed up Genghis Khan and Jabba the Hutt. Oh God, it's not even. He's not even a the. He's not even Genghis the Khan. It doesn't work. Or is it Genghis? No, it's Genghis, surely. I don't know. Genghis. I don't know. Genghis. Are we gonna get into? Is it GIF or GIF? Because I'm having none of that. Yeah, or is he like a? Is he made of wooden blocks that will fall if you don't stack him correctly? Oh. Genghis the Khan. <laughs> All right, we need to get off this. <laughs> Fucking love that. So, <laughs> is there a tagline on this book? Uh, a dead girl's diary, in her own handwriting. That's <gasps> rubbish. That's bad. That's just a description of what the book is. I I get what they're going for, but it's not very scary. Oh, even the back is bad. Dearly, I can't stop reading the old diary, which mysteriously appears in her locker one day. Blah, blah, blah. Even having the girl's memories and seeing the world through her eyes. A dead girl's eyes. <sighs> okay. Right okay. I think it's actually a bit better than that blurb suggests, and I still think it's shit. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me tell you about this book. So, Delia is at a sleepover, and she's having a nightmare. Her friends are freaking the fuck out. No exaggeration. Right. In all caps, I'll have to shout it. No, I'm not really. <laughs> you really thought I was going to start shouting? I'm so excited then. I'm shout. Delia, you're scaring us. Please, please, please wake up. So it's like they're panicking quite dramatically. Um, and then she wakes up and immediately just starts writing in her diary. Oh. Which is a choice. Maybe her friends were freaked out because they were like, why is this 90s TV cook? Uh in our sleepover. Wow. <laughs> that was a connection that took me a moment to understand. Come on, surely you think Delia and you think Delia Smith immediately. No, I actually thought of the mum from Beetlejuice. I don't think I've ever seen Beetlejuice. Oh, I love that film. Mm. Oh, okay. Anyway, um, so I'm going to call it Delia is going to grow up to be a creepy writer with limited social skills. Right, yeah. Who does that remind you of? I have written um, mm. something about uh, someone who could come under that description on my notes, but we'll get to it. Is it me? <laughs> <laughs> Why are you holding that back? We'll get to it. Oh no. <laughs> it feels seen. <laughs> Just think yourself lucky you're not one of Jabba the Hutt's many hordes. I do, every day. <laughs> uh, Jaffa the Hutt? The Jaffa Cake Man? No. 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 I'm hungry. <laughs> so, then, that was better than your Jenga. Excuse me. Jaffa was better than Jenga. <laughs> so am I. Try not to cough. Um, so then, Delia Smith, apparently, is spaced out while at the drive-thru with her friend Judy Diamond, who is nicknamed Jewel. For all the jewellery that she wears and her name, and obviously. But her name is a diamond. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> Both. She's just leaned in, there, yeah. isn't she? She's gone She's, well. I do wonder which came first. Like, did she just want to wear the jewellery anyway, or was she like, I should probably earn this nickname? Wait, so they call her Jewel Diamond? They just call her Jewel. But if if it was like in class. Which, do you think that's an intentional shout out to the singer Jewel, very popular in the 90s? I'd never heard of that person. What? 
What were you doing in the 90s? I don't know, just kicking around. Jewel, the, the singer, the very famous, incredibly famous singer. Nope. Wow. Jewel the hot. <laughs> <laughs> Jewel cake? <laughs> With an orange inside? No. Okay. So Jewel orders from the drive-thru a hollowed out watermelon half filled with fruit, which sounds delicious and not something that you can get from a drive-thru because it sounds very impractical for eating in a car. So uh, half a watermelon mm-hmm. or a whole watermelon? A half a, a half a watermelon hollowed out and then filled with fruit. Where are you going to get that from? The drive-thru. Which drive-thru? The, the one in the book. Oh, oh no, Rosie needs to go and oh, see the oh, post. She's, 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 she's actually a post. It's Growling at books. <laughs> there it is. The postman isn't even there. You just put the post in the boat. At least it's not the fishman. I like that every time she goes past, she takes all of our recordings. She just us. walks through all the wires and just takes them all with her. Oh, Rosie, you're the no, worst to, audio assistant. She's just got to listen to the post now. Just be careful, make sure it's not made of aliens. Anyway, I want to go. Yeah, is the post threatening? <laughs> Who knows? Maybe it's just lying just on the mat. Sure. Just not sure. I'm just going to lie down by the door, protect you guys from the post. I would quite like to go to this drive through that sells half a watermelon full of fruit. I think that sounds tasty. Why Although, half a watermelon? To, put to it in hold a the fruit. Then? It's essentially a bucket, but it looks a bit nicer. <laughs> it's very weird. It's very Instagram. It's an organic bucket. <laughs> That's my uh, stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> That's gross. <laughs> Organic bucket. Mine can be watermelon and then everyone will be disappointed that my boobs aren't bigger. Because <laughs> everyone would expect that. Oh yeah, of course. There you go. And well, I've lost my place now because I'm thinking bucket. about big boobs. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I don't think that that's a practical thing to eat in the car. No. A big watermelon full of fruit. No, it's very juicy. I don't understand why... That's, to me, a bad idea. So, I, I don't know what the fuck is going on. That's not a thing you get at a drive through Anyway, burger. it sounds nice. Whatever. Um, Delia tells Jewel that she, about her dream. She keeps having these recurring dreams, right? And she dreams that she's reading the diary of someone who died, but the diary is written after she died. <gasps> right? And even worse, it's her own handwriting. Oh, my God. That's a really weirdly specific dream. It's, it must have taken a while to explain. Yeah. And also she keeps having deja vu about things that she's sure she's never done. Oh, I mean, that is deja vu. Well, I know. Whatever. A deja vu of things you know you did is just a memory. Maybe it's not deja vu. I had a weird then. deja vu of this thing that definitely happened last week. But don't you think... But that's the thing about deja vu is I never am sure if it has happened because it feels like it has. Is it just a sort of brain glitch? What is it? Um, I... The best... Well, I mean, there's two things here. A scientific explanation I've read is that it's you trying to make sense of your surroundings when you're feeling a bit vulnerable. So you don't feel... I really didn't pronounce those properly. When you're feeling a bit vulnerable, it's you trying to make sense of what's happening in a way that will calm you down. And the easiest way is to feel like you've done that already. Or you know the surroundings. But also, I've been really getting into uh, Star Trek The Next Generation. and That was a surprising (laughs) twist. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) Neither did I, Kirsty. Neither did I. Um, but it turns out it's quite good. And there are several episodes where they encounter a glitch in like Not the Matrix. time and space. Mm-hmm. Um, where one is like, 
they get shifted onto an alternate timeline because of a hole in space that a woman comes out of, a woman in a ship. Uh, but then one of them, Hoopy Goldberg, <laughs> knows that that's not right. Is so, this an in-joke or is she really in it? No, she's in it. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I just said a name in a slightly funny way. Yeah. Hoopy. <laughs> I know, why did you say it like that? I don't know. Because when, when I was 16, I had my first boyfriend, we were watching a movie with his family. And uh, you know, like when you do like credits but as if they're being written on a typewriter uh-huh his mum read it out as the letters came up and she went hoopai <laughs> <laughs> so she's always hoopai in my head now i remember as a kid going on holiday with my friend's family and we were doing a crossword for some reason it was a caravan holiday and the answer to one of the questions was uma thurman and my friend's mum thought had never heard of her and thought this was hilarious and thought that I was making it up and kept calling her Irma Therma and then I got I was just so annoyed because I was like but that's real <laughs> she's a real person and then her mum just kept being like haha Irma Therma what a silly joke and I kept being like I'm not joking it's real she's a real person I love when mums lose it at things that aren't funny like um my mum and dad don't come to visit that much but um they were just here and the first time they came we were on the train to Central and we went past um, Pollock Shields East and my mum just started pissing herself. I was like, why, why is that funny? And she's like, Pollock Shields? It's <laughs> like, is it because of the sounds like bollocks? That you're and it was that, so why? She was crying with laughter on the train. Wow. And I was like, God, I really am your daughter. So you know my mum, my very intelligent, elegant, classy mum, what type of humour would you think that she would like? Probably something quite highbrow, right? Yeah, word like, play. Yeah, sort of. QI, that yeah. sort of thing. No, do you know what she thinks is the funniest shit in the world? Do you remember that show Phone Jacker? No. Where he did prank phone calls? No. She thinks that is fucking hilarious. Eleanor Logan? Yes. No. Classy, classy lady Eleanor Logan. And she farts. <laughs> she fucking pisses herself laughing at prank phone calls. Oh she thinks word. it's so funny. That is so, <laughs> not I remember well. watching it with her just being like, What's wrong? I can't believe how funny <laughs> you find this. <laughs> But yeah, there you go. Wow. Mums. There you go. Unexpected mums. So also, let's go back to the book. Okay. Because I also want to point something out. This is, I think, the first point horror that we've done that is in first person. Did you notice? Give me a look. I'll just catch Are up you on sure that you it's you? in first person? Because it's I, when I woke up, blah, blah, blah. And they're always usually in third person. Oh, I don't know if it's the first, but it's definitely unusual. I can't remember any others that have been. I remember bits of them when it's been like a murderer and they've got a, a bit Yeah, but the whole preface. thing isn't usually in first person. Yeah, that's a good point. Which I actually think is a conscious choice. Maybe this book's a bit smarter than I gave it credit for <laughs> because there's a little bit of unreliable narrator stuff going on towards the end. Mm-hmm. So I feel like maybe that was a conscious choice to make it first person so that you can have a bit of an unreliable narrator. Do you trust Sinclair that much? Mm, I'm going to try and give her the benefit of the okay, doubt. fine. Give Donna the benefit of the doubt. Um, also, while we're talking technique, I need to talk about italics. <laughs> because this book, fucking hell, loves italics. Just flip through the pages. Oh, yeah, there is something in italics on every single page. There is a word in italics. Oh, yeah. See? In fact, for example, this is when she's explaining her dream. This is when Delia is explaining her dream to Jewel. And I'm going to emphasize which words are in italics. It wasn't just a dream. It was a nightmare! <laughs> and last night I had it again! It was exactly the same one! Fucking hell. And much. also, do you know what we also have? Not only italics on every page, we also have a lot of all caps, which is 
unnecessary. <laughs> That's you can do, do that on not, Twitter. On Twitter, not in your book. Yeah. Don't do shit in all caps. You know what else we shouldn't be doing in books, Kirsty? Um we shouldn't be using uh post-it notes that have happy days written on them because <laughs> I was just flipping through and it's like I suppose it sounded more exotic than just plain Mr. Crystal Crystal. Happy days! <laughs> Every single one of them says happy days on it. That's because I was at my uncle and aunt's house and I didn't have any post-its. And so I borrowed them off my cousin. It's really unsettling. I know, it's weird, isn't it? Especially because I'm marking the horrible parts. Whoever had left it for me had quite a sense of humour. Happy days! <laughs> I didn't even notice that. It wasn't exactly an explosion. At least happy the, days! At least I'm not post-its with fuck off written on them like you always have. I've written that. But you've written you that. Written that was just printed on them already. Can I also point out that a dream that you have again and again is a recurring dream. Yeah, it's a That's a common that. thing. Mm. So I don't know why she's having a meltdown about it. Um, I have loads of recurring dreams. I was talking about one the other night that I used to have this recurring stress dream where I had to call 999 and it just rang out. Nobody answered. Oh. How horrible is you that? You are really scared of being left. Mm-hmm. No one coming to help you. All my anxiety dreams are essentially... Yeah, I also used to have a recurring anxiety dream as a child that someone was chasing me in my house and I ran outside and ran down the street and knocked on all the doors and I could see that people were in the houses but they didn't come to the door. Oh, that's awful. That's horrible, isn't it? I had a dream the other day that my best friend's husband shot me. Oh! And her, and himself. But I was sat on the toilet, so somehow it was worse. That is so much worse. Yeah. Of all the places to die, I don't want to die on the toilet. So he shot Ellie, and then he shot me, because we'd made some sort of suicide pact, but I decided I wanted out at the last minute. And then he shot himself. But I was, was like, wounded, but not dying. So I just but you sat, were like, like I'm, I'm out with this. I'm good for a poo. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, this is, here's how out I am. This is how I'm showing I'm out of this. poo in front of you all, because <laughs> we're all in the same room. And then, yeah, Why was, was there just, a toilet like, in the room? I don't know. Okay. It was in like a big bathroom, like a disabled bathroom. Okay. Um, is that the right way to say that? Like a disability access bathroom? I think they're just called disabled okay, bathrooms. Um, but so I was just like left on the toilet with these two corpses and I was just like bleeding out of the side and my guts were coming out. And I was like, this is, I don't know how I'm going to get away with any dignity here. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I've been having really weirdly specific. I had one that... Um, Someone murdered my friend, who I'm not going to say which one it was, because it's probably gross to hear that. God, you have so many death dreams. I know, it's, it's, something's been in the water lately. That's horrible. Yeah. My anxiety dreams are not usually about death, thankfully. I do have one which, the symbolism in it is so clear that I'm like, yeah, thanks a lot, brain. You're not very smart, are you? That I have to hold, I'm trying to look after three babies, but I can only hold two, because I've only got two arms. But every time I put one down, it starts crying. And so I'm constantly panicking because I can only hold two babies, but then whichever one's down is crying. So I'm having to pick them it's all up. It's on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, it is, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yes, what brain. That means. I know I've overcommitted. Thank you for reminding me <laughs> in my sleep. <laughs> anyway. Well, yeah, we're doing a book, aren't we? Yeah. Anyway, what's happening? Another thing about the technique in this book, which made me think, I'm not sure about your literary skills here, Sinclair Smith. We've got this. I turned to look at Jewel and I saw my reflection in each of her eyes. Like two shiny pictures of myself, I thought. Yeah, fucking deep. What, like you're only going to see it in one? Just, that's so weird. Two shiny pictures. It's not like two shiny pictures of myself. It is two shiny pictures of yourself. They're not shiny, are they? If your eyes are shiny. Uh, No, what you'd think there is, oh, my reflection. It's just so weird. I don't think that that's a very good piece of writing. Two shiny pictures of myself. 
Um, have we got into who she lives with and stuff yet? Um, no, I was going to talk about the town. Okay, but do you want to do. talk about who she lives with first? And uh, then I'll talk about the town. You well, talk about Aunt Gracie. Yeah. Yeah. Who sounds um, stylish as fuck, I think. <laughs> do you think? Aunt Gracie never went out without wearing her short white gloves. She always wore a dress, never slacks. And in the hottest weather, she wore stockings. Not pantyhose, stockings. I don't really know why that's such a big deal. Like with suspenders? Why? So would that be better or worse in hot weather? I don't know, because you would think it would you would be cooler in stockings than you would in pantyhose, tights, which yeah. is like tights. Because then you haven't got anything on your crotch. Maybe well, maybe underwear. Depends how dirty Aunt Gracie is. <laughs> really ran with that one. <laughs> Aunt Gracie's biggest, in fact, her only frivolity was her hair. She had, dyed it, she had it dyed in the blue rinse. <laughs> Even old ladies seldom wore anymore. I see that's how that sentence came around. So it very much made me think of Lucy, James's girlfriend. Oh, yeah. My, uh... See, that's a very trendy look right now. Sister-in-law, yeah. Mm -hmm. She's very 50s. Mm -hmm. She has, like, the silver, white, almost kind of bluish mm -hmm. hair going on and always wears a dress and a flower in her hair. Mm. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's very stylish. So, and Gracie sounds pretty stylish. She'd be in now. In the 90s, not so much. No, I guess not. Um... <clears throat> so yeah, not only does she live with Aunt Gracie, and that is because both of her parents died in a car crash when she was very young. And weirdly, this is sort of set up like it's a plot point, but it's mm, not really, there's not really any point to it. Well, kind of at the end, but anyway, there's not really much point to it apart from it's obviously quite sad. And they live together in a town genuinely called Pleasantville. All right then, and here we have it. I liked it here in Pleasantville. It was comfortable and safe, unlike the wide world out there, where I had no idea what to expect. But staying here meant being around Aunt Gracie. She doesn't like Aunt Gracie. So in the end, I was always afraid to leave Pleasantville and afraid to stay too. But I actually quite like this setting because um, we have Jewel saying like, oh, it's so boring here. It's just so safe and nice. But then we have this. And this is quite creepy. Unfortunately, it's not really followed through in the rest of the book. We've got this. I didn't exactly agree with Jewel. We passed a billboard on the roadside. On it was a picture of a man in some kind of uniform. The caption said, I'm always here to help. But someone had written in, an, written in another caption of their own in black spray paint. It said, I'm a real sicko. Right beside the billboard was a hop and stop convenience store, spanking clean, except for graffiti on wa one wall that said, you're all killed dead. Which I was like... This town sounds like a fucking horror town. Yeah, it That's really amazing good. that someone's going around writing these horror slogans on everything, which is a shame because it's like never returned to really. You're all killed You're dead. You're all killed dead. <laughs> the fact that it sort of doesn't make sense is so much creepier. And I'm a real sicko is really good as well. Yeah. Reason. It's horrible, isn't it? I loved that. I thought yeah. that was really creepy. Let's Unfortunately, write... it kind of doesn't really go anywhere. But... Let's write a story set in that town. Yeah. I like it. Um, so as you can see, Delia, she doesn't really know what she wants. She doesn't know where she wants to go to uni. Um, she's And she's thinking, maybe I can't plan for my future because I don't have one. And then I was like, oh, maybe you're just a wishy-washy bitch. <laughs> to be honest. Jesus. All right. <laughs> maybe you need to just make up your fucking mind. Do you want to stay in Pleasantville or do you want to leave? Decide. Just Make up your mind, please. But she won't. Anyway, so then her and Jewel drive to school past the Saucy Pig Barbecue, which I think sounds amazing. It sounds like a Victorian boardy house. David Cameron's favourite restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> the Saucy Pig. I just thought, uh, oh yeah, we have this, did I tell about this ongoing joke that we have with my mum? Because her name is Eleanor, which you can shorten to Nellie. And her 
husband's name, which she hasn't taken, is Sopa. His surname is Sopa, and she's like, I'm not having that name. I'm keeping my own name. Um, so we always joke that she's called Nellie Sopa, and she runs a boardy house. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nellie Sopa's house for girls. <laughs> but now I think it Wait, should be... house for girls or house of girls? House for girls. Oh, house of girls. Both. In your Both. head, it's a lesbian boarding house. Boarding. Well, house for girls means, like, there are girls there. I guess girls can visit if they want to. I just like the idea. It's for girls, of girls. I actually prefer that. Okay, yeah. let's do that. It's Nellie Soper's Saucy Pig. <laughs> and it's for girls and has girls. For <laughs> and of girls. <laughs> yes. So weirdly, the Saucy Pig gets mentioned a lot. Why? But has no relevance to the story. I kept thinking like, ooh, there's going to be some dark twist about the Saucy Pig. No. She's just really happy she's come up with that name. Yeah. She was really into it. Saucy Pig. You would do that. I couldn't eat, like, I know I don't eat meat anyway, so it's I'm probably not a good person to say this, but, like, you've personalised that pig too much, surely, to then eat it. There's a reason that we call it bacon and not pig. Yeah. Because we don't want to think about it mm. being a pig. You don't want to give him a personality. No. You don't want to have see its face, particularly. <laughs> well, this, this pig's very saucy. I think it just means it's got sauce on it. Yeah, obviously. Anyway, but... we're getting off track. On that subject of Delia's parents being killed in a car crash, also gets mentioned a lot. Mm-hmm. No relevance whatsoever. Um, apart from it's kind of to set Aunt Gracie up as a red herring. Spoilers, not her. Yeah. Well, it's obviously not her, because <laughs> it's never who you're initially made to think that it is. Anyway, here's where the story really gets going. Here's the inciting incident. At school, Delia finds a diary in her locker. A diary with a red cover. The diary from her nightmare. <gasps> and the cover of the book. Yeah. Which is interesting and suspicious. Um, we then have an introduction to the love interest, Brock. Oh. Who I am hearing as Broccoli. I saw it as Brock Lesnar, who's that big sort of square-headed wrestler. Oh, okay. I'm still seeing Broccoli. So is it, Sorry, that's his name. Is it... What's Susie's thing called? Brock Obama. Oh, Broccoli. Broccoli <laughs> Obama. It was like a broccoli stuffed toy. <laughs> We can call him Barakali if you want. <laughs> <clears throat> Barakali's lean, muscular body moved along smoothly, with just a trace of an arrogant swagger in his walk. In worn jeans and a faded T-shirt that clung to the curve of his shoulders, it was easy to see why girls found him attractive. His brooding dark eyes gave him a romantic, mysterious quality, but they often twinkled with mischief. At first glance of the duo, though, no one would guess that Brock was the one who was the famous school prankster oh no oh, i fucking not hate again. a prankster not again it's so tedious did Arrel stein do the script edit i fucking on this? hate fucking pranks so there we go there's my what's the opposite of my ideal man my worst man he has got an arrogant swagger and he's a prankster oh god Ugh. Yeah, my vagina just that. closed that's <laughs> disgusting so not into that Lady or butt? <laughs> That's butt. That is not lady. <laughs> is this the new meatloaf or other? Like, lady or butt? Lady or butt. He, Brock is butt. Brock. He is not lady. Yeah. Every time, every single time it talks about them being a joker, I like die a little bit inside now because there's every book like, oh. It's just no. not hot. It is not hot. It's not. It's obnoxious. I don't think, I, I didn't find it hot when I was a teenager either. That many boys do pranks. Like, you can be funny without doing fucking pranks. They're yeah, not funny. They're not funny. Well, anyway. apparently your mum would be in oh love my God. with this guy. Mum would be so into broccoli. 
she would be like, yes, Broccoli, let's go on a date. Oh my God, pull a tiny little bit of a scam on me. Scam. Oh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know what's happened there. Scam on me, Broccoli. Oh. No thanks, Broccoli. So then Delia becomes obsessed with this diary. She's reading it all the time. She's super into it. She sees these initials on the cover, which as you can see from the cover of the actual book, the diary, they could be LR, they could be, what did you think, maybe LS? LB. LB. She thinks it's LL. So she decides that the woman who wrote the diary is called Laura. Mm. And so she starts being like Laura. She starts breaking the rules. Um, she cuts class. She gets her hair cut short. She's being a wee rebel. Oh my God. Mm, I know. However, doesn't go well. At first, it's fun. But then she starts shoplifting, <gasps> the worst of all crimes. That is a crime, right? a crime against law. <laughs> <laughs> Quote, what had started as a whim had become an obsession I couldn't control. Oh my God. Dun, dun, dun. So, skip a whole bunch of plot waffle. She finds out that Laura was real and dead. Aren't we all real and dead? Deep thoughts. <laughs> Ooh, nice. <laughs> I would have loved that cod psychiatry there. Cod philosophy? <laughs> cod psychiatry. Anyway. I very much deal with fish in my line of work. <laughs> How do fish feel, though? <laughs> they can't remember. That's They're fine. Apparently that's not true. Is it? They can remember things. Their own feelings. <laughs> yeah, they can. How do you know whether a fish remembers? I, apparently tests have been done with mazes. And wait until they go. If you, do, if you get them to do before. a maze, they can do the maze again. Because well, they I remember. Think, I have a very difficult time when we use words like memory or remember or like the animals have these sort of same emotions as us. I don't think it's a descriptor of what's going on but that's another and also Heather animals i guess can be podcast. valuable without having the exact same emotions yeah, as us because right. we don't have the same emotions as animals exactly although i don't know if they think that we're valuable to be fair <laughs> <laughs> anyway anyway a lot of the other stuff i won't even go into specific incidents but but to cut it short what happens is um and gracie is kind of mean Mm -hmm. um, and also Delia starts hanging out with Rose at the salon and changing her hair. Cool. Later, this reaches a peak when she tries to get it dyed brown, but it comes out bright red, <gasps> just like Laura's. Oh my God. And also mine and yours. Yeah. Coincidentally. You can't, you'd know though, you'd know immediately because the dye would be a different color. I know. Although, to be fair, the dye that I used to use was gold. Ah. So the colour of the actual dye was like a gold colour, but then it dyed your hair red. It goes, but it didn't it go red after a while on your hair as well? I can't remember. Oh. I, I, wasn't, I wasn't really looking at it. It didn't dye it gold anyway. Do you not just uh, sit and stare at your own head for 45 minutes? Or it no, I try and sit on a kitchen chair so that I don't get dye on any of my <laughs> furniture. <laughs> <laughs> sit perfectly upright. There's a bit where they talk about a creepy man's touch. Oh, is this at the yard sale? As being reptilian. Mm -hmm. Which is in every fucking book. Every time someone touches you, it's reptilian. Would you ever think that in real life? Why has that become a trope? If it was the queen. Yeah, I'd be like... She's a she's giant blinking lizard. Sideways. She blinks sideways. <laughs> and Justin Bieber. Blinking sideways. Him and the queen. Mm-hmm. Shacked up. Yep. Yeah. What? That's a plot twist. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so weird. Yeah. It's always like blood red. Red as blood. Cold as death. 
cold, cold as ice. Don't ever write that shit in your book. <laughs> Writing tip of the day. Don't write that. Yeah, I'm at that exact bit. So she goes to, she sees a sign for a yard sale and she decides to go to it. But the yard sale is long over and she meets this creepy old perv. Yeah, the awful man put his hand on my arm. His touch felt reptilian. Can I also point out that that entire sentence was in italics? <laughs> his touch felt reptilian! It's not even like, it's like, as if it's been translated from the French or something. His touch, I'm not even going to do a French <laughs> accent. I can't do it. Can't do any accents. Here we go. Um, then he stared into my face with his filmy blue eye. There was only one customer at that yard sale. It was a girl. She looked a lot like you. Come to think of it. You look a lot like the girl who used to live here. The one who's dead. <laughs> so yeah, that's All of weird. that in French, which is even creepier. I can't do that. <laughs> can't do anything in French. As I, all I do now is watch Star Trek The Next Generation. And I said to David yesterday, why is he called Jean-Luc when he's clearly an English man? Like, why didn't they just change the name? Why isn't he, he called Jean-Luc? Yeah. Not Jean-Luc. And he said, well, they wrote the character French and then they obviously just clearly got Stuart, Patrick Stewart and I was like well Patrick Stewart's got some acting chops yeah they could have made him French and then I had this like a vision that they had him on and he was like you know yes I can do French of course and then he was like <laughs> Mr. Wolf make it so and then the director was like you just do it in your own voice it's too well, camp Patrick, just do it yourself <laughs> he goes we are going down to an alien planet yeah he's like Patrick just do it however you will love Oh. <laughs> Maybe. I like this alternate reading. This Star Trek alternate reading. <laughs> it must be the same casting director who put um, uh, fucking Sean Connery in Highlander as a Spanish-Egyptian man called, what is it, Ramirez Villalobos. But he's just doing his own fucking voice. But like, so it's just Sean Connery. But Sean Connery is the same. Same as Gerard Butler. It's just the same in everything. It's just Glaswegian in everything. I am Villa Lobos. And you're yeah. like, Are you though? <laughs> Spanish Egyptian Sean Connery. What happened in this time period? Anyway, sorry. I was listening to pop music in French on the train the other day because I was yeah. writing and like I can I don't speak French so I can listen to music in French and it doesn't put me off Smart. writing. Um, but it meant my story came out quite odd because halfway through the song I was like I wonder what this song means and so I looked up the lyrics and someone had put up a literal translation in English but because it had a lot of French idioms in it it translated really weirdly so there was one line um, that was like um, it said it's not my fault when I give my tongue to cats (laughs) which I think it's a French idiom that I think means like to give up like oh I give my tongue to cats like I just give up but it Whoa. read so oddly. The word for cat in French, if you write it differently or pronounce it differently, also means cunt. Oh. So could it mean... It definitely could because the lyrics of the song, <laughs> the song is Mualolita by Elise and the song is very borderline bawdy. Like a lot of the lyrics have double meanings. Right. So, so I'm yeah. pretty sure that le chat is the cat and le chat Oh. Well, there you go. It probably is on purpose. Ah, interesting. Yeah, and that's how come I wrote that story about the um, woman with the cannibal fetish who fucks the butcher. (laughs) It's because of the French. It's because of that song. I blame the song entirely. (laughs) So anyway, she goes to this yard sale. There was only one customer who bought the diary, right? That's never really explained, to be honest, No. how that happened. 
Anyway, that's what happens. Um, so then she starts having these weird visions. Like she has this vision. I thought <laughs> this was fucking horrible. She's at the hairdresser getting her hair done. And this woman called Miss Tilly, who of course I imagine as Jennifer Tilly from the film of course, Bound, yeah. Yeah. obviously. Um, she's getting a perm. But <laughs> then she starts, I shouldn't laugh, it's actually horrible. But she starts screaming. And then when she looks, acid has dripped down and like eaten away all her face. Which is actually good. Fucking hell, that's horrible. I thought that was really good. That's awful. <laughs> but then do you know what else Poor I was Jennifer thinking? Tilly. Do you know who has creepy thoughts like that? Writers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you know who sits there in the hairdresser being a creep? A writer. I'm gonna call it. She's gonna grow up to be a writer. Anyway, yeah, in this case, she doesn't think. Tall. She doesn't think a writer. She thinks, oh my god, Laura in the diary thinks creepy things like that. Mm. Which okay, maybe she does. Mm-hmm. So then she goes home and she watches her favorite show, Beyond Reason. Now I've written here. Oh, this is a Kirsty Logan yeah. TV show. If this was a real show, I would have seen. Every single episode. Can I read you how the presenter speaks? So it says, um, Welcome to Beyond Reason. The, oh, wait, I should whisper it. Welcome to Beyond Reason. Oh, I'm going to run out of breath if I do that. The announcer's voice was a mysterious whisper behind the roll of the opening credits. And now your host, Anton Crystal. But he <laughs> pronounced the name Crystal. Oh. God. So there we go. Anton Crystal. <laughs> He's so dramatic. Well, so here we go. We see Kirsty's crazy face right now as well. <laughs> Doing lots of head bobs right now. Here we go. Hello, I am Crystal, your host of Beyond Reason, the show that reminds us that to understand many things in the universe, we have to look, dramatic pause, Beyond Reason. <laughs> Yes, I definitely would have watched that show. Beyond reason. Beyond we have to look beyond reason. science and rationality. <laughs> Just decide that things have happened. I feel like the clue in the name suggests how the author feels about it. <laughs> <laughs> Shall yeah, we point. be reasonable? Nah. 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 Let's be beyond reason. Fuck that. The only reason I mention the show, Beyond Reason, is that this immediately convinces Delia that she is experiencing a past life. Yeah, it makes sense, yeah. Which... I don't know if it's really possible because of the year that she was born, this person wouldn't be dead yet. Oh. Or maybe they would. No, I don't think it does work. I think it's not possible because it's uh, not possible. Well. I think it's not true. Well, I suppose it depends what you believe. Well, I'm not a beyond reason, I I believe, I I am, I don't believe anything. I'm a massive cynic, so. (laughs) Anyway. Don't humanity or friendship or love. No, nothing. I believe in nothing except point horror. Kirsty is Nietzsche. (laughs) <laughs> basically plot twist <laughs> so my favourite completely inexplicable part of this entire book is this so she goes to her doorstep and she finds this big gift wrapped box on the porch this is what we get that's why when I saw the box tied with a white ribbon and a big bow on the back porch I decided to open it I knew it was a foolish thing to do but curiosity got the better of me I put my ear to the box I couldn't hear anything ticking So I untied the ribbon and took the top off the box. The explosion nearly knocked me off my feet. And then the start of the next chapter. Uh. Well, it wasn't actually an explosion. (laughs) Fucking hell. So it's a jack-in-the-box. And this is what it is. It's a jack-in-the-box clown holding a piece of paper with a message. Remember, Delia? I'm always watching you. 
which makes no fucking sense. Happy days! <laughs> <laughs> it makes no sense to the book, there's no relevance to a clown, there's no mention of somebody, like, that should be watching. It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And under no circumstances could you describe that process as an explosion. <laughs> an explosion. Boy, oy, oy, it's oy, a oy. pop. Yeah. If anything. I mean, it does make me jump. Well, yeah, it makes you jump, but you don't think, oh my God, my house is an exploded. explosion. It's a bomb. You think it just... it's a fucking jack in the box. It makes no sense. So various things happen. She falls out with Jewel and they make up again. Um, she becomes terrified of Brock, her boyfriend, but they make up. Um, and then we're coming to the climax now. She goes out for a drive with Brock and they get run off the road. Um, she becomes convinced that, she's in fact instantly convinced that Brock brought her out there to kill her again. Mm. Because she thinks that Brock also killed Laura. Can I give a bit so of context? So how can it be a past life? Okay. To the Brock thing. Yeah. Because she does, he's really into her. He's, I think he's gross. I don't yeah. like him. And I like her because um, she, he's like very jealous of her. And then he says, I can be a real jerk sometimes. I'll ease up on the college thing because he's trying to make sure they go to the same college. You look so different, but I like it. Your new hairstyle, I mean. It sounds like such a big deal when you say futures together, she says. Mm. You mean a lot to me, but we're only in high school, Brock. I like that. I like that too. She, it's very much like, yeah, we're kids. And like, I'm not going to derail my entire future to go where you're going. Yeah. It's and like every now and then... Yeah. <laughs> every now and then he sort of loses his temper and then she calls him out on it and he kind of goes, uh, yeah, sorry, you know, yeah. I, did, I did lose my temper there and that was a dick move. So in relationships at least, she's good and logical. But then she thinks, well, maybe Brock will be after me because to make me date him forever. Yeah, I just feel like if you feel like that's even possible from someone that you're dating, don't go out with mm -hmm. them. Yeah. If your first thought, if your car gets run off the road and your first thought is like, well, he was about to kill me, so good thing we just got run off the road. Yeah. Don't go out with them. Or if you can be genuinely suspicious of your partner. Yeah. I've never thought David was going to kill me. No. I would need to be convinced so hard that Annie was trying to kill me. David like, could I would stab need me to... in the front and yeah. I'd be like, what are you doing? <laughs> I could have eaten some food that Annie had cooked and become incredibly ill and just be like, I can't believe I just got food poisoning off celery. That's amazing. <laughs> it would have to happen like seven times before I became suspicious. We're really going to have to keep an eye out just in case Annie turns evil because you won't catch it. I won't catch it at all. <laughs> it, will, it will take me so long. You know, I could like walk in the room and then I dislodge a string and then an anvil falls and barely misses me and I would be like, wow, that's so weird that that anvil was there. Annie brought a dead body home the other day so that the dog could have something nice to um, sleep in. Isn't that lovely of her? Mm -hmm. Just so the dog could get that corpse's uh, so nice. body warm. I mean, I'm pretty sure it was a friend of mine, but you know, that was probably just a coincidence. <laughs> Definitely not a threat. <laughs> yeah, I would have to take a lot of convincing yep. to think that that was the case. Anyway, she takes zero convincing. And then, I won't tell you who it is yet, but because it's not Brock, apparently he's fine. Which again, this trope has come up before, which like, through the entire book, the heroine is convinced that her boyfriend is trying, is very violent and is trying to kill her. But then at the end, it turns out it's someone else. So apparently it's fine. It's fine to stay with him then, probably. It's fine that you were suspicious of him and thought that he was trying to kill you, because he wasn't. Therefore, everything's cool. Why do we have so little to expect from men if they aren't actually physically trying to kill you that's fine if they haven't actually been violent towards you but you feel like they might be but it's okay though yeah because he says that he's like well you've never seen me be violent she's like yeah that's a good point 
What? It's not enough. <laughs> You've got to wait till they're That's violent. not enough. Jesus Christ. Anyway, it's not Brock. It turns out, weirdly, Rose appears out of nowhere and oh. helps her out of the car. She's got a hood on, but that's fine. That's not <laughs> suspicious. She's just got a hangover. She She's just got her up wants to protect her hair or something. I'm not really sure. Uh, anyway, so there's a lot of back and forth during which she definitely doesn't think that it's Rose. We don't quite get to the point of, do you remember in Funhouse? Where it's like, but Kaijo Jr., you did the... Who, who did this, though? No, that was me. You poisoned the brownies. But Guy Joe Jr., what about the missing disc? Oh, no, also... Yeah, it's not that bad, but it takes a while to realise it was Rose. And I mean, come on. The hairdresser. Yeah. Turns out that Rose is Laura's cousin, <gasps> who is called Goody Two-Shoes in the diary. Anyway, it's not very interesting. Um, Delia pushes her into some mud, and then the police come. Uh, which is quite anticlimactic, really. Yeah. <laughs> it's not as if there's, like, you know, she takes a running jump and falls off a cliff like Mr. Han, or it's not like she gets fed into a piranha pit. <laughs> she just pushes her into some mud at the edge of the lake, and then the police are there. That's <laughs> not really a life-or-death situation. But then if the police are real sickos, what could happen? Plot twist. And we do get this real ramping up at the end, don't we? Right? This fucking plot twist at the end, I feel like kind of makes the whole book. Because I didn't think this book was great, but I like this twist at the end. Yeah. So uh, chapter 38 is Rose basically tells the whole story. um, And then, yeah, that's sort of over. Right? Mm -hmm. And then we get this. Dear diary, I'm not afraid of the future anymore. I no longer feel as if there's a struggle between a living personality and a dead one going on inside me. Here at art school, I've started a whole new life and tried to put those awful memories behind me. Now that I live, I've lived through that whole terrible episode, I feel stronger than I've ever felt before. In fact, in a strange way, I think some good came out of the whole nightmare. For instance, I pay more attention to my appearance. If it hadn't been for the diary, I never would have known that I like red nail polish. Really? <laughs> You'd never have done your nails the, Literally ever. most common nail polish colour, okay. Sometimes I think I'll try another colour, but for now I'm sticking to red. I've decided that I like my hair this way, and I like it red too. I think I'm going to keep it like this. My new boyfriend loves it. He thinks it's really me. It's too bad about Aunt Gracie, though. The way she died. In that bad accident. <gasps> the end! Because it turns out that Laura was evil, <gasps> and Rose only killed her to stop her. Oh my god. And now Rose has become... Li- not Lydia. Delia. <laughs> Delia right? has become... Delia has become Rose. Yes. No, has become Laura. Laura. <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> I thought that was quite interesting because it's usually... I don't think we've ever had the heroine actually be a baddie before. No, or turn into a baddie at least. Or, no, or yeah, or sort of be villainous. They're always just these kind of innocents. Is there a diary too? This is what I'm quickly going No, on. there's not, but there, yeah. I feel like there should be. I feel like that was what she was trying to get mm. at the end there. She was like, oh, how can I make future work for myself? Oh, I set it up to be <gasps> definitely I think a lot of them sequel. try and set up a sequel that just never happened. Yeah. Only, only a few of them ever get a sequel. I think it's only the babysitter and the vampire one Why that get sequels. Why the fuck does robot <sighs> get? That's not okay. I don't know. They probably all go through it in any way. No! They are. Remember, we found it on Wikipedia. No. It said who ghost wrote them. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> There's no way he writes all that shit himself. Yeah. 
Well, could probably. Who, well, I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Who knows? Anyway, um, do we have <laughs> any stupid names? I'm going to call it Broccoli is a stupid name. I mean, Brock. Jewel. But that's just there are people called Brock. <laughs> it's such, but it's so stupid. What is it short for something? Is it short for Broccoli? Well, now I've got my uh, Google open. I will only accept Brock. it if it's short for Broccoli. Brock, anime, is an aspiring Pokemon doctor from Pewter City. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's a real name. I just think it's a made-up name. By the way, we got called out because on a previous episode, we were slagging off characters for having two first names as their first name, like a first name <laughs> as their surname. And uh, Jean, hi Jean, who does our logo, pointed out that our surnames are also first names. Parry's not a first name. It is. Oh shit! <laughs> no, that's Perry. No, it's also Perry. No, yeah. it isn't. She showed me a list of famous people called Perry. No. And I'm going to call it because I'm like, yeah, there are people with the first name of Logan, but that came from the surname. Like, it was a surname first, and then people co-opted it as a first name. Perry Aftab. Yeah, exactly. There are people called Perry. Perry Gordon. Yeah. Well, I don't think they should be allowed that name. It's no, a surname. No, exactly. So is Logan. You're going to love where Brock came from. Go on. Is it from the, it is from the old English Brock... Like, double C. Badger. <gasps> and the Old English Brock, R-O-C-Q-E, a young deer. And from the Old English Brock, B-R-O, with a little line on it, C, brook or stream. So I bet you fucking love it now, I like don't it you? now. I like it now it means badger. <laughs> I just call him badger. I only like it now. I'm picturing him as a badger, which makes me like him a lot more. With the badger stripe. No, just an actual badger. Oh, right. Like a full-size badger standing on his back legs. Where is Bodger? <laughs> Who is Bodger? I heard that as, like, is he wearing his Bodger? <laughs> Maybe Badger is so clingy because Bodger has already left him. Oh, no. Yeah. This is, like, the in-between part. And then Bodger comes back and he's like, I'll keep you with mashed potato, Bodger. American listeners have no clue no what's going on. No fucking clue what's going on. Bodger and Badger. It was a show in the 90s. Is this, this is how I'm remembering it. That they worked in a factory and <laughs> ate a lot of mashed potato. Is that correct? I don't know if they worked in a factory. British TV's weird. He, it was the uproarious antics of an unruly Badger and his human chum, Simon Bodger. But did they work in a factory? I don't know. Let's have a look. I feel like they did. Or did they break into a mashed potato factory? They definitely. Oh, he's died. Bodger's died. Um, I thought you were going to say Badger's died and it had to be like, he wasn't real. He's a handyman. Simon handyman? Bodger is a handyman. Not a handyman. No, he's a handyman. handyman. <laughs> he's a handyman with a pet badger. Bodger handyman. <laughs> he was a disturbing proclivity for mashed potato. Why did he like mashed potato so much? I mean, it's pretty great. Do, is that what Badger's like? I mean, who doesn't like mashed potato? The first four series focused on Bodger's very, varying, gro- oh my God, varying jobs as a handyman and his attempts to hide Badger from his bosses. <laughs> so he does work in some sort of premises. There you go. So maybe there was an episode where he was being a handyman in a factory. <laughs> and that's all I've remembered. I, can I just say that everyone should read this Wikipedia page? Because whoever's written it has written it really great. However, it is not revealed how Badger kept following Simon to work if he was not allowed there or why Simon allowed it. <laughs> Yes, yeah, Simon, don't be so codependent with your badger. This is really nice. Well-meaning but dim-witted mouse. Oh, <laughs> This is great. New, new uh, podcast. We just read. Okay, then. I take it back. Shows. I like Brock now. He's a badger. Yes. Do we have a Too Stupid to Live heroine? Oh, wait, do we have Parry's favourite line? Oh, yeah, we do. <clears throat> if I had to describe the ar- architectural style... 
I would say none. Ooh. Which I thought was quite good. That's quite good. But also this. It's never too late to glamorise, dear. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be my daily mirror mantra. Sometimes it Heather, is too late. It's never too late to glamorise, darling. Sometimes you're just tired. Like today, where I'm wearing joggies and no makeup because I don't give a fuck. I look like a fucking smarty today. Oh No, I think you're cute. When you came to the door, I said you look like Tank Girl. Oh, you got yeah. massive boots on. You look badass. Thanks, mate. But also like a smarty. Like Tank <laughs> Girl. Bright yellow if Tank Girl and a smarty had a baby. It would be me. It would be you. Oh, thanks. I did think today I sniffed my armpits and I was like, yeah, I definitely need a shower. And then I was like, that's only Heather. She won't get. <laughs> Cheers. <laughs> thanks. That's a Hashtag level of friendship. friendship is stinky. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get to. I think you say hashtag it's only Heather. I just mean because you won't care if I'm stinky. I did brush my teeth, so you know. Thanks, mate. I've not smelled you yet. You're welcome. Do we have any fashion? Not that I noticed. Not me. No nineties, no American things. It was kind of timeless. Yeah. Hmm. It could have been at any point, really. This is a reach, but it had a touch of Shirley Jackson about it. That is such a reach. But I was thinking it was kind of like um, the one where she had the creepy sister in the house. Oh, we've always lived in the castle. No, 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 no. The Point Horror one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what one's that? Mm, she got the canary bird and then the sister killed it. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> and at the start, she was in the hospital. And this woman she came, came in, in with, with a veil. veil and she said, you're not my sister. Which one was that? And then the doctor said, bye. Yeah. <laughs> Off you go. Fuck, I can't remember what it was called. Oh, my God. You know the one I mean? No, it's fine. But yeah, I was like, well, it's, it's got a little bit of that, and that had a bit of Shirley Jackson in it. So. I see what you mean, a bit of gothic. Yes. Okay, I get you. I feel like while I was reading this, I didn't really enjoy it, but now that we're talking about it, I think it was a bit better. Yeah. It's quite boring, though. It's really just, like, the same stuff over and over. And she keeps trying to pretend, like, what's happening is so terrible. She's like, it's really got out of control. But she's not actually doing anything that bad. No, but I like the idea that you can be taken over from someone who isn't you. Mm. You can sort of lose your personality. Maybe I suppose it's an that's falling in with the wrong crowd. Maybe it is. Mm-hmm. Or if you kind of don't decide initially what you believe in, then you can get pulled in any direction. Yeah. Mm. Do we have... Have I already asked about the Too Stupid to Live heroine? You did, but we didn't answer it. Um, um, yeah. I don't think she's too stupid to live. No, and I quite like that it's first person because it makes her seem a bit unreliable. Mm. Like maybe actually she is doing worse stuff. I should give a shout out to uh, our listener Karen who last week in this time, but months ago in the time you're listening to it, went to Mull and found herself at like a creepy old uh, lighthouse and sent us a picture of being like, am I too stupid to live? <laughs> like, you know, this creepy old <laughs> oh my God, that's amazing. Thing. She's just like, nice one, oh, Karen. <laughs> badass like, get out of there <laughs> don't go to the basement don't of the go. lighthouse is it called point something i can't remember um but um, no i don't think she's too stupid to live she's just a bit dramatic yeah ah uh, you know relate do we have a sexy sociopath bad boy oh yeah it does that same old fucking trope of i like him but i kind of think he's trying to kill me and the sociopath is rose i know but i just mean like i feel like the trope is i guess i miss named it the sexy sociopath it's like i fancy him because i'm afraid of him yeah which i feel like is in so many of these fucking books <sighs> yeah, it is. it's so common mm-hmm. not into it okay death toll laura mm-hmm. aunt gracie oh yeah you said aunt oh i don't aunt know why i said gracie. that aunt gracie 
Two. And Gracie. Um, uh, is it good? And Miss Tilly's face. <laughs> no, that was imagined. I know. <laughs> that um, was a good bit, though. It was good. But not if it's Jennifer Tilly, because she's got a great face. I'd probably give it a three. Yeah, I agree. And probably a three for good, bad as well? Yeah. Is that a bit too dull? It's kind of batshit. I feel like I should have a better opinion than that. I liked it. The more I think about I it, the more, more I liked good, it. Bad. Okay. Four. Do you think? Yeah. The acid eating away the face was pretty fucking good. Yeah. <laughs> okay, and if people are doing read along with Teenage Scream, then we're doing Homecoming Queen by John Hall. By a man. A this man time. with a boring name. You can really tell it's by a man. I'll say. I've already read it. <laughs> hmm. I think I had this one as well. I think I found this one really fascinating as a kid because I didn't know what a homecoming queen was. Not that I really do now. No, I was going to say. But I definitely still... didn't at the time. It's when they try and get old students to come back and give them money. Is that it? No, that's a reunion, isn't it? No, no, no. I think that. Well, tell what, I'll Google it <laughs> before we do the episode. <laughs> okay. Um, we'll be prepared. But yeah, I am looking forward to it. Me too. Where can people get us between now and then, Kirsty? They can find us on Instagram at Teenage Scream Pod and on Twitter at Teenage Scream underscore. And if you want to uh, get a really cool pin badge, which is very cool. I love it. Officially cool. And get a free... Officially cool. Officially cool. (laughs) I I know I heard that is officially. (laughs) Very... Officially cool. (laughs) It stinks the seaweed. (laughs) Um, and you want to get a free episode every month where we cover things like Christopher fucking Pike. Oh, God, oh, Christopher Pike. <sighs> um, then you can become a meatloaf tier Patreon at mm-hmm. patreon.com slash podcast and you keep us going. Yay! Keep us in coffee and point horror books. Our two favourite things. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so we'll see you next time for... A thing we don't yet understand. (laughs) Maybe we'll understand it by then. Maybe Maybe we won't. Probably not. (laughs) Happy days. (laughs) Bye. Bye.